When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus. And today we're going to talk a little about the World Cup final, which was arguably the greatest soccer game of all time that happened yesterday. Messi finally got his World Cup. Seemingly everyone is happy about it, except for people that live in France. And also, we're going to rank the top 20 wide receivers in the NFL, which is Already got us arguing before the podcast. We had trouble getting this one started because of how much we were arguing about where people should go. And then we decided we're just not going to care about what the other person says. We're going to make our complete own list and we are going to argue about it on the podcast. So let's start off with the World Cup final. What are your initial thoughts? I know we're both relatively casual soccer fans. I watch definitely a lot more soccer than you do, but football for people that want to call it football, whatever, um, regardless of what you call it, um, the game with the ball where you kick it into the net, that one. Um, what were your just initial reactions to that game being someone who doesn't watch a ton of soccer? Yeah, so I probably tune into soccer for, I don't know, maybe like a big Premier League game once every four years and maybe something else once every four years. So I'll probably watch two or three matches um, every now and then, but not I do not follow soccer. Um, I hope to see another star like Mbappe come out of nowhere four years from now. But that was an amazing soccer match. I mean, I get bored a lot and even watching baseball nowadays, you know, it's it sometimes it gets a little hard, but I was never bored during that soccer match. Um and you know, we had to wake up at 7 a.m. Pacific time and I wasn't crying about it because the two goals in what 90 seconds by Mbappe was like the greatest two minutes of football, soccer, whatever. I guess we call it soccer here that I've seen in my life. Um and honestly, I was rooting for Mbappe because I think that the whole world is kind of rooting for Messi, um, or at least it seemed like that on social media. Everyone wanted the perfect ending. Um, but I kind of like this storyline of this young kid who um, I think him and Mbappe probably work well at PSG, but I've heard that they argue a lot and there's like ego issues on both sides. So um, I just think the storyline worked perfectly. And not only the storyline was perfect, but the match itself was amazing going to penalties um, and both both of them making their goals, too. That's also just like amazing. You can't say much 
anything else. Um, I do remember watching like the, uh, I think it was France and England game where the guy missed like the team missed like three different penalty kicks and everyone was mad at them on social media in like 2020. Um, so this penalty kicks was way better. And it was England, yeah, Italy. It was England, Italy. I think the yeah. final of the Euro. Um, yeah. I would like to say that you did say Mbappe came out of nowhere. I think going into this tournament, the consensus was that he was one of the two best players in the world and probably the best player. But I no, do no, no. Think- I didn't say Mbappe came out of nowhere. I'm saying like I hope someone comes out of nowhere to take like Messi's place. Interesting. To okay. go against Mbappe as the goat, or not as well, the goat. As the I think Mbappe is the best player in the world right now and i think we both agree that there is some argument to be said that he should have that maybe he deserved the golden ball but he was never going to get it with messi um winning the world cup i do believe that um obviously happy for messi it was a great ending um i've never been like a huge messi fan but he's earned his title i think he's the greatest soccer player of all time and i don't i'm not sure if that there's that much debate I know we dropped the TikTok and people were kind of mad that we said, some people were mad that we said Messi's the go. People were saying Ronaldo's better. People were saying Pele's better. People were saying, I don't know, a million different people. But all the um, stats, like it's unarguable that his stats alone, he has the best stats, right? Who, Ronaldo? No, Messi. Oh, no, Messi. Messi definitely has the best stats, yes. Messi's like goals per game, chances created, goals and assists. As in, uh, like, like all those things, Messi's are definitely the best. And also getting fouled his whole career a ton without getting calls and people treating him terribly. Yeah, I mean, I think Messi's the GOAT. I don't know. Um, I think Messi's the GOAT. I think Messi was the GOAT before the World Cup final. I think he was the GOAT before this World Cup. Um, but people wanted that, like, final thing. And I, I, I did, I think it was nice that the world sort of, like, came together over... Except for you, of course, because you want Mbappe to win. And I was rooting for France in the sense that I prefer France as the team and I was rooting for them. But um, I'm not going to be mad that Messi got it. So I don't think anyone's really like angry about it, except for maybe people who believe that oh, the France. penalties. There's arguments about every single game. And like at a certain point, it's like the Argentina won good for Messi. That's sort of my feeling about it. And we move on because we have to move on anyways to our top 20 wide receiver rankings. Um this is one of the more debated things. I feel like all, all over Twitter, all over TikTok, people are saying, these are my top 10 receivers. And then someone will be like, no way you have that guy top 10 or no way. Well, it that seems guy like every team has, 10. every team has at least some talent. Like if your worst receivers are Brandon cooks and Nico Collins, like 10 years ago, you probably weren't that mad, but nowadays it seems like they, that's a terrible receiving core. Right. So I don't know everywhere um, in the league. It seems like there's talent. So Creating a top 20 list was not very easy because a lot of these teams on here have two good receivers. So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that we're going to leave out even in the top 20. We, we originally were saying, oh, let's do top five. And then we're like, we can't do top five. And then we'll do top 10. And we, we can't do top 10. There's too much talent. So um, you want to start from your uh, 20 through 15? Yeah. Um, so at number 20, I have Chris Godwin. Can you know what? Can I just go through because I want to give some honorable mentions so people don't flame me completely. <laughs> because I think a year ago this list is completely different, especially this eleven through twenty range, which is like a huge. I think you can flip year to year because I feel like there's like those top ten ish guys that are like really really hard to change, except for maybe the end. But like those top eight guys, I think are like no one was going to argue that those were the top eight receivers. Um. But I want to give some honorable mentions because I feel like guys like Mike Evans, Mike Williams, who I know you're a big fan of, um, Keenan Allen, even though he's getting old and kind of slow, um, 
who else did I leave off this list? I left a lot of guys off, and I I don't want to leave them off. Um. Oh, who was the last guy? There was one more guy that I left off that I wanted to say. Oh, DJ Moore and Michael Pittman. Those are the two. Um, so, and Marquise Brown as well. I don't think he's necessarily top 20, but like all those guys are great receivers who are not going to be here. And if I missed anyone, you can play me if you want. But I will go into my top 20. Chris Godwin's number 20. Uh, I've always been a Godwin over Mike Evans guy. I think the Mike Evans argument of him going for a thousand yards every year is like, that's great. He's consistent. But if he's giving you with like a thousand yards is impressive, but just getting a thousand yards and being a good red zone threat. Like, I don't think that's necessarily as impressed. Now, of course this, the way that you argue stuff is you have to, you know, like argue to the detriment of the player that you're arguing against. Right. So I think Mike Evans is an incredible receiver. I also think that Mike Evans is not as good as Chris Godwin because I think Chris Godwin provides a lot more in terms of the short and intermediate um, game. I think his hands are great. He's a great route runner. um, And he's still, you know, nursing injuries and still playing really well. I think he's like, extremely consistent week to week he's really reliable with evans like he has off games and sort of like i don't know his emotions get the better of him and i think the whole like a thousand yards every season the consistency season to season is not something that i look for as like an incredible receiver stat like i want to know what you can produce for me on a 17 game and then maybe 20 if you get to the super bowl right i don't care if you produce a thousand i care if you produce 1500 godwin already had a season in his career where he produced almost i think almost 1400 yards or if it was 1400 yards i just think that like He's just a more complete and better receiver. Number 19 is Devontae Smith. Probably a top seven or eight route runner in the game, maybe higher. He's incredible. And he, the fact he's able to do it at what, like 170, 175 pounds is pretty crazy to me. Um, being an Alabama fan, maybe I'm a little biased, but I do think that he's just really, he's just like, I think people coming in the season were kind of like, He's not even the best receiver on his team, right? Like Waddle's better, Chase is better. Like how good can he be? And he's proven himself um, in pretty much every way he can. And number 18, Garrett Wilson, the rookie. Um, it's kind of hard for me to put him over Devontae Smith, but what he's done with a uh, revolving door at quarterback, including the worst starting quarterback in the NFL when he's playing, Zach Wilson, when everyone's healthy. Um, hopefully Mike White can come back, but Zach Wilson – being able to produce the way Garrett Wilson has with Zach Wilson at your quarterback is pretty crazy. And just to be clear, Garrett Wilson's 12th in the league in receiving yards right now, more than Tyler Lockett, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, T Higgins, Mike Evans. I know Jamar Chase was out. Um, Chris Godwin, like all these guys. And we're talking about a guy who is a rookie <laughs> and, and is dealing with the quarterback issues he is. So that's pretty crazy. He, he'll he be higher in a week, and he'll just keep moving up, but I can't put him any higher just because he's only played, what, like 14 games. Number 17 is DK Metcalf, uh, and number 16 is Tyler Lockett. I think these guys are basically the same on my list. I don't really care how you rank them, and they could be even higher. I just think like they both benefit from having the other guy, Lockett, the smoother route runner. The more technical and intellectual receiver, the smarter receiver. Metcalf, the more physical uh, stronger, faster receiver, um, but both great hands. DK's hands have really improved. And he's like DK as a physical like specimen is probably one of the top physical receivers in the NFL. And Lockett's just the more technical one. I tend to value tech uh, technique more than physical traits, but Lockett's fast enough that he doesn't need to like, it's like, it's not where it's Keenan Allen where like he needs to be a perfect route runner to even get open at all. Um, but I value them basically evenly. So they're essentially the same to me, but I think they are, as a duo, you know, top, top 15, 16 receivers. What about you? Okay. So I left off 
both Buccaneers receivers. And despite both of them probably being top 15 receivers a year ago, I just think that there's a lot of talent um, that I'd rather include here. So those are some of my honorable mentions. I have the same ones as Gus, though. There's no one there except for um, my number 17 guy, which I'll get into in, in a second. Um, that was on like Gus's honorable mentions list. That's on my list. So starting at 20, I have Debo Samuel. And he's probably one of the hardest receivers to um, grade because he's so good after the catch. He just doesn't get targets anymore. Like what? He averages four, five, six targets a game. Like how can I put a guy who gets that little work this high, right? Like it's weird. And also maybe his ability to like be a gadget um, would be higher, right? Like if you were grading the top 20 um skill position players total like maybe he'll be a little bit higher but i I don't really care about his running abilities i care about his receiving abilities and then his ability to get open after um or, or what he's able to do in space or um breaking tackle stuff like that and he's elite at that but he's not elite in the receiving game so that's why i'm at 20 a 19 i have Lockett. He does it every year. He's what, like 30 years old now, and he looks like not a day. He's not a day over 25. Um, he's his exactly ability, 30. yeah, exactly 30. So, I mean, yeah, Lockett. I know Gus doesn't like talking about whatever the year over year consistency, but I mean that man does it every single year. If he's not in your top 20, you don't watch football. And sure, he's not the flashiest, but he makes plays when he needs to. And he has an elite receiver next to him, and he's still able to um, demand the targets and get open. But he's also 30, so he goes down every time he gets the ball. I'm sure you've seen the clip of him or the, the edit of him going down every time. So that hurts a little bit because there's no yak with him at all. So number 18, I have Devontae Smith. Um, and it seems like him and A.J. Brown are doing ping pong. Like, here, I'm going to go off today. I'm going to go off today. Um, and they probably play like rock, paper, scissors in the locker room. And they tell um, they tell Jalen Hurts right before the game, like, oh, I won rock, paper, scissors today. So give me my 150 yards and a touchdown today. And next game, we'll do rock, paper, scissors again to see who's going to get the big game. But yeah, this team is so talented. Um, even in the receiving game from the running back side, you have Jalen Hurts running the ball. You have Dallas Goddard, who's a top five tight end. Like, Every single place you go on this offense, there's weapons. And it's the same thing that goes for Debo. When you have four receiving options or five total guys that can go make a play for you, like you're just obviously not going to get the same amount of targets and stuff that a guy like Cup will. Um, and maybe if you were in an offense where you could get that type of targets, where you're the only good weapon, your numbers would look the same as those other guys. But I just can't put you that much higher because I don't know what you look like in an offense like that. But Devontae Smith is extremely talented. He's skinny and was still able to be one of the best wide receivers in college of all time. You see now, like, we don't even consider some guys like B. John Robinson who have these amazing seasons as Heisman candidates. And this dude did it looking like, I don't know, Slender Batman is whatever. That, isn't that his nickname? So, skinny Batman. Um, Swole Batman skinny and Skinny Batman. Batman. That's what they call him. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to win a Heisman being that skinny is absolutely insane just tells you what, how much talent he has. So that's why I'm 18. At 17, I have the best go-up-and-get-it receiver in the NFL, Mike Williams. 
and we can talk about this, Gus, if you want to just jump in, whatever. Um, but I think that Mike Williams, despite his lack of, you know, explosive speed, saves Justin Herbert all the time. Like him and Tyreek, I know those guys in the same sentence is weird. Go up and get it. Or you just throw it up. He's somewhere out there, right? Tyreek, if you throw it into open space, you know he'll probably be able to just sprint over there and get it. Mike Williams, on the other hand, if there's two defenders around him, I don't care. Just throw it up. He'll probably go up and get it. And you saw that yesterday when they were on like the 40-yard line at the end of the game. And Justin Herbert looked at Mike Williams with two defenders next to him and threw it 30 or 40 yards down the field. Mike Williams goes up and get it. Chargers win the game, right? It's that simple. He's just the only receiver that can do that. Um, and other receivers obviously have the ability. They're in the NFL, right? They're all talented. But there's no one who can do it with his stature. Um, he just needs to stay on the field. Next, I have... I wait, 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 can I just jump in? Because I value yeah. separation more. And I think that's why I have him below someone like uh, Chris Godwin, someone like Tyler Lockett. Guys who maybe don't go up and get it as much, but I care about someone getting open more than I care about them making a catch when it's contested. But that's just like the way I value receiver. And in a certain offense, Mike Williams is better. For Justin Herbert, Mike Williams is really, really good. For a lot of quarterbacks, Mike Williams is better. But just for me, grading receivers, I don't think he's better than some of these guys. I think like between the like the 20s, right? There, I think that separation is more important. But once you get in the red zone, I mean, there's not that much space to get open. Like you just have to either break really fast um, or you have to go up and get it. Right. So that's why I feel like that's why I said I think it depends. It's important to have if you have Mike Williams on your team, you also need a guy like Keenan Allen as well, because if you don't have Keenan Allen, then you're probably not going to be able to get down the field very often. But once you're in that red zone, then he's extremely valuable. So I just think that, like, yeah, Mike Williams, it's going to be pretty hard for him to be a top 10 receiver um, just because he just doesn't get super open. But that's why I have him on this list. I don't know. I think one of the one of the arguments like one of the one of the pros of your argument is that this year red zone efficiency is way down. And that's been like the biggest change why teams aren't scoring as much. And there's just been a lot less like like statistical booms basically and the reason is because teams are not scoring in the red zone as much um and the teams that are like faltering a lot broncos rams teams like that um are not scoring in the red zone and the teams that are playing well chiefs are pretty solid Bengals are really good niners are good the red zone stats are much better uh the eagles are incredible in the red zone um so when you look at those things and you need a receiver in the red zone, yeah, Mike Williams is probably the better bet. But again, I'm just going off of how I would grade the receiver and just how I think is a better receiver. I don't think Mike Williams is better than the guys I put above. Yeah, well, the guys I have ahead, I mean, they're not really go up and get receivers. I have Amari Cooper at 16, Garrett Wilson at 15. Both of them have had great seasons. Amari Cooper is not as good with um, Deshaun Watson, but I mean, before that, he was putting up great numbers. Um, and Garrett Wilson, as we said, his splits with Mike White are just absolutely absurd and they'd be on pace to be in that upper echelon of wide receiver. So without Garrett Wilson, I mean, without, uh, uh, Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson would be significantly better. Um, and I think he could easily move up. And this is like these rankings in my eyes, they're a little bit, um, from the past and the recent history, but also just like looking forward for the next game, right? Like where would I project these players to be in the next game? 
Garrett Wilson is just going to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. Would not be surprised if he's in that next tier um, just in a few games. So you want to go through your next tier? My number 15 is Debo Samuel. I think I'm someone who honestly puts Debo lower than a lot of people. I did not expect you to put him as low as you did. As a pure receiver, he's not top 20, and he might not be top 25. But I think like I'm grading him as someone who is called a wide receiver on his impact, and his impact is really important because for the 49ers, what it opens up is just... I mean, like, I can't remember the last time I saw Debo get a target more than 10 yards downfield. Like, I'm just telling you, it just doesn't happen that much. Um, it could also be a coaching thing, too, though. Yeah, I mean, it's how they want to use him. But in open space, almost no one is better than Debo in the NFL. Um, so I'm going to value that. I'm going to say if I have a coach that understands how to use him, he's going to be a top 15 guy. Last year, he was a top 10 guy. Um because of how they were able to use him and what he provides rushing, as long as you don't run him between the tackles and get him injured, mm-hmm, um, is very uh, impactful for a team. So I will put Debo here just because of his ability after the catch and what he can do in open space, even if before the catch is what I tend to value a lot. Um, number 14 is Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I'm devaluing slot guys in this list a little bit as and not because they necessarily because slot is less valuable, but just because of how... I'm not, it's not based on value. Um, it's more based on, I just think that Amon Ra is open a lot, partially because he's a really good route runner and partially and because he's smart and partially because the way NFL defenses are geared, they're trying to stop big plays on the outside and slot receivers just bound to get open more and get more targets. Um, and Amon Ra and is an incredible production. So I consider him to be possibly higher because of his production. Um, but at this moment, I'm not ready to put him higher than some of these other guys. I understand why you would put Amon Ra below some of these guys just because, you know, Amon Ra doesn't face the number one corner. And a lot of times, you know, it, it he doesn't, he's not as big. And so it doesn't seem like his production is coming from like an athletic standpoint. He's not beating receiver or uh, corners like deep. Um, and it's kind of like it took a long time for us to come to terms with Cooper Cup because he's kind of in this similar situation. But A, Cooper Cup had to win the triple crown for us to put him top five. And still a lot of people don't even put him top five. And I just think that, at least for me, I have Amon Ra a little bit higher because, okay, great. He's a saw receiver. What else is he supposed to do? He's doing his job. He's getting open. So that's why, you know, I have him a little bit um higher than you do, but I don't think it's a, a terrible take to put him below guys like, you know, Waddle, CD, Jamar. Like, those guys are elite receivers, um, and they these all of these guys are good, so it's not bad. I may be guilty of the Cooper Cup slander in the past. I may be guilty. Um, it's just such a weird thing to grade because he's not going to do he, – he can't do the Devontae Adams where they can go up and get the ball – over the top of somebody while also beating someone on a slant and running every route in the tree, you know, like he can't do everything, but what he does, he does it so well. Um, I agree. Also you get to I consider agree. the fact that he has Jared Goff as his quarterback. While All right. So a lot of these so, other guys have better quarterbacks. So who do you have? Uh, well, I'll give you, I'll give you my up until 10. I have Amari Cooper, 13. I have CD. No, I have T Higgins, 12 and I have CD lamb, 11. Uh, Amari Cooper, still one of the very best route runners in the league. 
Um, Dak's been a little iffy this year um, in terms of CD's production, um, but CD has still been really good. And then you've got Higgins, who's between them. And uh, Higgins has also been really good. The injury stuff is a little annoying, but I don't think that's really his fault. It's just Zach Taylor kind of being annoying about fantasy. <laughs> um, but with Cooper, incredible route runner. Um, had to do it with Brissett, has struggled a little with Watson. His he's way better at home for some reason. Like every home game he's insane and every road game he's kind of bad. It's kind of been a thing for him this year. I don't know why, but he's been great for the Browns. Um, safe to say that the Cowboys sold him a little too cheap. Um, but he's been really good. Um, despite poor quarterback play, and I don't know. I just don't feel like they have another like Donovan People Jones is solid, but I don't feel like they have another like receiver that's really taking attention away from him. Uh T Higgins. Another one of the best jump ball, go and get it, deep guys in the NFL. But he's shown the ability to catch stuff over the middle, intermediate. He's been really good in, at all levels. And if he didn't have Jamar Chase, we might be putting him higher because his production might even be better. But he's been incredible this season with and without Jamar Chase. Um, so, yeah, I don't. there's not really an argument against T. Higgins. And then CeeDee Lamb, I don't know. I feel like he never really put it together until this year. Like last year, obviously, the numbers were good. His rookies and the numbers were good. Like you, you, the numbers – tell a different story than what I've seen of CD lamb and CD lamb this season has taken his game to the next level. He's become an alpha X wide receiver one um, guy. And even though Dak is still coming back, he had to do it with Cooper rush for a while. He's looked incredible. And some of the catches he's made the routes, what he does after the catch, I think he's one of the most complete receivers in the NFL all around, even if he's not a top 10 receiver in my mind. Right. So for me, um, starting at 14, cause I have Gary Wilson at 15, I have 14. I have Terry McLaurin. Um, he's just a guy that like, it's interesting because he is so talented and it's obvious, but he kind of goes to the back burners a lot of the times because we see these amazing plays from these other receivers who are in big markets. And then you have, just, you know, no one's really turning on a commander's game unless it's like prime time or you have somebody in fantasy. So um, I just don't watch as much Terry McLaurin as some of these other guys, but when I do watch Terry McLaurin, like, for example, uh, when I watched the Giants game on Sunday Night Football, he played amazing. It seemed like every ball that was to him or Jahan Dotson um, deep, and Terry McLaurin was a ton of that work, and he looked amazing. So he just didn't have the greatest quarterbacks. So I, that's why I have him top 15. Some people would argue he's top 10, but all these guys could be top 10 in somebody's eyes. Next, I have DK Metcalf, and the reason I have him – um whatever five six spots ahead of Lockett. i think a i like him better after the catch and uh b i like him going up and getting it as well i think he does both of those better than Lockett. um his separation isn't a, isn't better um and you know the last couple of weeks he's gotten a <laughs> he's gotten a ton of penalties so he needs to work on that for sure but dk metcalf has been elite his entire career um, and I think he was really undervalued in the draft and he showed why his, you know, huge stature was worth a higher pick. Next after that, at number 12, I have Waddle. And this may be low to some people, high to others. Um, but, you know, last year he was in, had better stats probably than this year. But no, he did not. not no, he did not have better stats last year. He didn't have more. Didn't he have like significantly more receptions than this year? Um. Last, well, I mean, if you want to compare last season to this season, uh, Jalen Waddle, if you just go to season by season, last year he had uh, 104 catches for 1,015 yards. Uh, this year he has only 62 catches, but he's averaging almost twice as many yards per reception. He leads the league in yards per reception. 
Um, so I don't think the stats are better. I guess he has more catches, but I've never really valued catches as an important stat. Like it, it matters how far you're getting, not how many times you're getting the ball, but that's just me. Maybe you think that his, he's having a worse season. I think he's had a way better season this year. Okay. Well, he's just not getting this. I mean, he's, his targets are more efficient because he has Tyreek next to him. That's like the important thing to get out of that. Um, but he's elite. Obviously he has insane yak. Um, and the offense that he's in is perfect for him because he doesn't need to get um, he, he has the ability to work with the second best corner, but also demand, you know, four or five, six targets a game. And all of those are going to be big plays likely because of the offense he's in, because they have to worry about Tyreek. So he's probably the best second number two receiver or second best, because I'll tell you in a second who's the best. At 11, I have Amon Ra. We talked about Amon Ra a lot already. I'll move on to the next. And at number 10, I have T. Higgins, who I think is the best number two receiver in the NFL. And T. Higgins, as Gus said, can do it all. Um, he can take over a game in the middle of the field, on the outside. Um, they do a great job us- utilizing him. And he's just a tad worse than Jamar, but it's not that close. And I think he might be one of the most, if not the most underrated receiver in the NFL. You mean it's not that big of a gap? Not that you said it's big. not that close. I don't think it's that close actually at all. Um, but I think your point was that it is close. I don't think it is. Um, the gap isn't that close. What? So you think they are? Wait, no. The gap, the gap is is very close. There you go. I think that's what you were trying <laughs> to say. Um, my issue with the way the way you're portraying Waddle is just I. So I don't think that his targets have only gotten more efficient because of Tyreek. I think his targets have gotten more efficient because of Mike McDaniel actually using him the way they should use him. Um, Last season, they used him as a possession-style receiver for a guy who's like one of the best big play threats in the NFL. He's running a lot of short routes. He's catching them going like down quickly. He's like, he's not being put in, in spots where, and their offensive line was worse for sure. And like, you know what I mean? Like they didn't, their team was obviously worse, but they put him in spots where obviously he still did a great job. Um, I think he had a thousand yards or he was very close to it. And, you know, he was uh, really, really good. Yeah, he did have a thousand yards. Um, and, you know, he's he's doing all these great things. But this season, they've actually unleashed him. They know how to use him. He's seventh in the NFL in receiving yards, um, way higher than any other guy who's not the number one receiver on his team. He's averaging almost 80 receiving yards a game, which is a pretty crazy number. Um, and all the guys above him, I consider surefire, like easy top 10 guys. Um, so I, w- I have Waddle higher than you do for me. Number 10 is Terry McLaurin. I, I hate the people that are always saying he's like an incredible, incredible receiver when they're like, Oh my God, he deserves to be over AJ Brown. And I'm like, what? Like, he's definitely not better than AJ Brown. He is really, really good. Um, he was an old rookie, so he's actually older than you might think. I'm pretty sure he's like 27 now, um, or 26, 27. He's 27. And I feel like he was drafted like three years ago. So he's pretty old for a guy, but he's still well in his prime. He's been great. And again, he's suffered from subpar quarterback play. And you look at a guy like DJ Moore, who has like the same types of arguments made about him. Terry McLaurin is a better receiver. He's faster. He's a better deep ball. And he, and, and he has some of the best hands, some of the best catches. I feel like he's a rare mix of with deep speed and go up and get it guy, which you don't see with a lot of guys. And he's a great route runner too. So he can get open. Um, I think he's just one of the more complete receivers, and that's why I have him at number 10. I think he's shown it for longer. That's why I have him over CD. I think he's more complete than Higgins. I think he's more complete than Cooper. 
um, then Amon Ra, then Debo, all these guys. That's why I have him over them. Number nine, I have Jalen Waddle. Um, and the reason I have Jalen Waddle here is just because uh, they finally used him. Yes, I can't put him higher because of Tyreek, but um, with the ball in his hands, there's not a lot of guys. There's, there's just not a lot of guys that I would be more scared of. And I think when I'm looking at receivers and looking at how I'm going to grade them, who are the guys that I really wouldn't want to be playing against? Waddle is near the top of my list for that. I really just do not want to go out there and see Waddle because I'm afraid that, I mean, I don't know who can cover him just based on how fast he was. You saw him catch that pass from Tua on Thursday night and just take it, or was it, no, was it Saturday night? Saturday night, I think. Saturday. Saturday. Um, and he just absolutely dusted them. Like, it wasn't like he was ahead of them, but he just ran by him. He's too fast, his speed. And then he's also a great route runner, good hands. Um, he's smart. He knows how to, he knows how to make the plays when he needs to, and he knows how to play off of Tyreek. And yes, he's lucky to have Tyreek take a lot of defensive attention away, but also what you said about like the best corner thing. I think Waddle sometimes will have the best corner because Tyreek, a lot of teams will just bracket him instead of putting the best guy on him. But when they do, Waddle does benefit from that. Regardless, we agree that Waddle benefits a lot from Tyreek, but I have Waddle number nine just because I'm, I'd be afraid to play him more than any of the guys I have below him. All right, do you want to just go until five? Let's just until, go real quick because we, we do need to finish this yeah, up. Yeah. Um, I have Hopkins at eight. So I think after this, there's like a tier of the elite guys. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, eight, AJ Brown, seven. And sadly, recency bias has me having Cooper Cup at six, but he could be like top three at a certain point. I just think we haven't seen him for a while. And I think that we saw this season that maybe what he was doing was even less valuable to their team just because like um, he'll put up the numbers but it doesn't translate necessarily. Now, last year, I think it did. I think this year it didn't translate as much. And I don't want to use it against him because I just think like their team really crumbled. But I just think the guys above him have had, I mean, Cooper Cup's been out, so we really haven't been able to, but I think they're having as good or better seasons than him. Or I just think I just value what they do more. This is not a knock on Cooper Cup. Any of these top seven or eight guys could be in the top five, top three for most of them. And I would feel okay about it. I think the top two or three is kind of unassailable for me, but besides that, like this is a really elite tier. So Hopkins, eight, AJ Brown, seven, Cooper cup, six Hopkins, probably the best hands in the league. He's still got it. Still a great route runner. Um, he doesn't have like necessarily the speed. A lot of other guys have, but he's had to go through Colt McCoy and Kyler hasn't had a great year and now he's out. Um, I think he, if he had a great quarterback, we'd be looking at him completely differently. Uh, AJ Brown, one of the best yak receivers, one of the best go ball receivers, one of the best, or one of the best route runners for a guy with his physical profile. Um, he's maybe one of the most complete receivers in terms of physical profile and technique. And then cup um, the best production probably of any receiver, just in terms of the receptions, um, how he gets open, how smart he is, the rapport he has with his quarterback when they're both healthy, even though they're both hurt right now. Um, it hasn't translated to winning this year, but he has been, I mean, you saw how far they dropped off when he went out. So I honestly, part of me wants to move him over to Savon Diggs, which is number five, but I will keep him there for now just for the sake of controversy. Okay, so my list is, I think, fairly different than yours. Um, so at 10, I have T. Higgins. already talked about him. At nine, I have CeeDee Lamb. And so I have him over guys like T. Higgins, Amon-Ra, Waddle, DK, Terry, mostly because of that one game where he just absolutely took over and I really value this like takeover ability because you know the NFL is so talented and the fact that a guy in an offense um with other talent there can still get like 10 15 targets 
and be the best player on the field at that, at that point. Right. Like a lot of times guys, like, I don't know, Waddle or DK, like I, I, it's rare for me to just think that like that guy is going to go out there and be the best player on the field. Um, while CD, I feel like he has this takeover ability every once in a while. And I just really valued that. And I think he showed he had that like one handed catch that was ruled out. Um, yeah, that, that was one was, of the ones I was referencing. I don't know. I agree. I think you, so you agree with me that CD has gone up a level this year. He's really, yeah, I think CD and he was forced to, right. They, they asked a lot of him because they literally sold their, I mean, at the time, the best wide receiver on their team. I mean, maybe it was more arguable um, than I think. But I, I thought Amari was the best player at the time last year, um, best receiver. And they sold him for what? What was that? Like a sixth or seventh round pick? It was a fifth, um, I think. But yeah. It was a fifth. But yeah. And then they sold him. And then they were like, we trust that CD Lamb is going to be our number one. And he ended up being a number one wide receiver. So um, next I have Jamar Chase um, at eight. At seven, I have A.J. Brown. At six, I have Hopkins. And at five, um, I have Devontae Adams. So, Can I, I, can mean, I argue those? Because I, I, I have those guys a lot higher, a lot of them, some of them. A.J. Brown, I think we both have seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, so for me, um, what Adams is number three for me. So I'm just going to go through the rest of my list. Diggs is five. Jamar Chase is four. Adams is three. Jefferson is two. And Tyreek is one. Tyreek, his speed, his ability to get open, his his play after the catch, he's the most dangerous weapon in the entire NFL. Don't debate me on that. Jefferson, I can see that he's the more complete receiver. He's the most complete receiver in the NFL, and he's the more complete receiver than Tyreek, but he doesn't have the speed. And it's just like, that's the argument. He's not as fast. Um, but as a complete receiver, he's the most complete. Adams is basically Jefferson, but a little older um, and a little less productive this year, but albeit with worst quarterback play on a worse team. But Jefferson's had like 200 yard game this year. He seems like he's like 10 for 140 and a touchdown every week. Adams has had a crazy stretch at one point this year where he was like 125 and two touchdowns like every week. He's still in that. He's still that guy. Um, Chase. Um, I think what he does after the catch and on go routes is so important for me. You know what? I'm going to move Chase to six kind of. I kind of like cup and digs over Chase. I don't know. Those guys are in like the same tier for me. That's like tier two and then tier three. But I know, um, I, I don't know. I just don't know why you have Chase so low. I feel like Chase is at least number six and Adams at five. I don't get that either. Um, okay. So first, I just think, that, I mean, the last time I saw Cup, he was literally like putting up, what was it? Like a hundred yards every single week this year. And then he got injured. Um, I, I, I feel that I, I, I second, definitely have, he uh, had the guilty second of recency bias, but he had what the second best production of any receiver behind Tyreek. And he had the best production for most of that time until Tyreek had like two back-to-back like, insane games. So, I mean, cup was producing at the level of all these other guys that you're saying, um, up until then. So that's why I have type. Wait, I, I didn't even say my list. Five, I have Adams. Four, I have Diggs. Three, I have Cup. Two, Tyreek. One, Jefferson. So, Cup belongs here for me 100%. I have bias. I own Cup in uh, our, my most valuable fantasy league. So, you know, I have some bias there. But Cup does it every single week. And with Stafford healthy, I no doubt in my mind he's top three. Tyreek, we don't have to talk about him. Jefferson, we don't have to talk about him. I think this, like... Diggs, Devontae Adams, Hopkins, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase. 
that's a weird tier right there because I think Devontae Adams is a step below them now. He's not the same receiver that, uh, that he was in Green Bay. I think he is. I think he is the same receiver that he was in Green Bay. And I don't think he's not just he's not just that. It's like with Stephon Diggs, I think that Adams is just like um Adams and, and Diggs are similarly amazing route runners, but Devontae just does the rest of the stuff better than Diggs does. And that's why and when with worse quarterback play. So I will I will give it to him. We need to wrap this up fairly soon, but um I will say that. I don't know. I'm just confused. Why do you have Hopkins over AJ Brown and Jamar Chase? That's my question. Why do you have Hopkins over them? Um, because well, a he's been doing it for longer, right? I just, I just value that. Um, but b he's a better like receiver, like to go, like to trust with a ball, and it's gonna get to you. Like I'd rather have Hopkins over AJ Brown and Jamar Chase. And sure, you can argue that like AJ Brown is more of a physical receiver. Um, and you'd be like more scared to guard AJ Brown. Um, and you can probably maybe argue the same thing for Jamar Chase. I I think like the quarterback that they have matters a lot. But if you were to just tell me like who's gonna catch the ball, Hopkins, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, I want Hopkins. So yeah, that's why. But I mean, it's an any given week type of thing. Yeah. Um all right, well, let's wrap this up, but I do think I, I I think my final list I moved Chase below them. So I ended up having Chase six, cup five, digs four, Adams three, Jefferson two, and Chase uh, and Tyreek one. Um, I guess your your cup argument kind of got me with Diggs. He was producing basically what Cup was doing this year when they were both healthy or when they were both yeah, when they were both completely healthy. Um, and I just think he's a more complete receiver. But, but I think it's it's important to note that if we were to ask a hundred people to rank these top 20 receivers, I don't think we would get the same list two times. And that yeah, just shows you how true. valuable, probably true. how, how valuable, uh, or not well, a, how valuable receivers are in the NFL nowadays and B, um, how many good receivers there are, how talented it is. This is the most talented the league has ever been, at least All in right. my life. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And we will be back Thursday or Friday with another podcast. And then, Next week and the week after, we're going to keep them coming over winter break and throughout the next few months. So uh, stay tuned. Thank you. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches, as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 